Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Town Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with first down. Very few storylines left over the final 20-plus games for the Nuggets, who won last night. Impressive road win in Cleveland. But one of the storylines, besides locking down home court throughout the Western Conference playoffs, which I think is a foregone conclusion, but is the health of Jamal Murray mm. and perhaps the maintenance yeah. of his knees. The other knee now, the non-ACL knee, has given him some issues. He played yesterday, but he was asked afterwards by Mike Singer of the Denver Post if there are going to be any planned maintenance days, and, and Jamal didn't seem real happy with the exchange. No. You're talking about, what are you talking about? In terms of, I don't know if it's load management or not, but like you plan all the time, playing back-to-backs. Yeah, I was hurt, so I didn't play. I understand that, but is there any precaution going forward? Maintenance and taking care of my body and anything I can do to stay healthy. So you anticipate being, I mean, there's no plan to take X amount of nights off over the final 22 games or anything like No. Okay. Yeah, this is fine. I can understand why he'd be sensitive to it because all he heard during the rehab from the ACL was, "Hey, man, what's taking you so long? Why can't you get your mind right?" You know, we had we had people yeah. co- comparing him and accusing him of being Jawan James like, which was right, grossly unfair. But yeah, I can see how he'd be a little sensitive to the uh, idea I, that I, he's being babied. Or I didn't find that exchange sensitive by him. I I just found it. Like, inquisitive? Like, what are you talking about? What do you want to know? I don't know. I didn't find it like, oh, like, he's upset about the question. I just... But would it be smart to build in days off for him down the stretch? It'd be... It would be... Load management? It would be smart to monitor how he feels on a day-to-day basis, continue to do your rehab, and if he starts to feel a little bit worn, yes, to give him days off. But I think that's a... I don't think you look down the schedule and go, here's your days off. What am I great then? And then a week later, I don't feel great. Like, you just got to, you got to, you got to play this one down the stretch to see exactly where he is. So, yeah, I, I'm sure it might get the way of, of the National Basketball Association. I mean, we're going to take, you know, we're going to take days off. Yeah, but I mean, Jamal, to his do. credit, Jamal, to his credit, he did not agree with the way the All-Star game was played. Paraphrasing, but he came out and said that that's not the way I I would play. I like your idea, by the way. The more I've thought about your idea, what is that? I have so many good ideas. Uh, you do, yes. you really, really do. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, world versus the U.S. Yeah, yes, yeah, that'd be fun because the world would come to play. Yeah, ooh, mm-hmm. scandalous. Yeah, they come with all their world guys, bunch of names we can't pronounce exactly. And then you guys would, you know, that, that, that would be the way to go. They know what that game would be, a boom. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't have to have the just the farce of LeBron James picking guys. Oh, and God. I just, the whole thing is. LeBron James. Look, can we just stop with the LeBron MJ debate? LeBron James. It's dead. It's buried. It's put away. It's not even close. Just put the, oh, those guys in a down. ring together. 
Right. Michael, Michael Jordan would just whip his ass. <laughs> the uh, Avs are back to work after a nice little break. They're at Winnipeg tonight. Mm, the Jets. The Jets. And uh, an, an interesting game to watch because if you're looking at the... I don't think there are any, but if you're looking at the uh, few teams that could compete with the Avs in the Western Conference playoffs, I suppose uh, Winnipeg is one of them. Mm. No Kale McCarr for this one. Avs rested. Winnipeg coming back after a East Coast road trip. What do you think of the Avs' chances tonight? I like them. I like them, too. Let me ask you a question. When you're a Jet, are you always a Jet? I I know that's from something. What's that from? West Side Story. Oh, okay. I never I never saw that. All what? I know is, all I know is they do the whole. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you got it down too. You could have been in West Side. Sharks Story. and the Jets, right? Sharks yeah, and the Jets. I, I know so. the backdrop of yeah. it, but I don't know. I've I never seen. seen the, it. I didn't see the new one. The, the musical one they made a year or two ago. Yeah, you know, I remember the old one. But I don't. I didn't see the new one. The Avs, by the way, start the night. They've fallen back to the final wildcard spot. But take that with a grain of salt right. because in their own division, uh, they are two points behind Minnesota, but three games in hand. Mm-hmm. Four points behind Winnipeg, three games in hand. Yeah. In fact, they're only five points behind first place Dallas with three games in hand. Right, so they got lots of birds in the bush. <laughs> Yes. Yes. A fact, lot of birds right. in the bush. You know what? From this point forward, yeah. it's not going to be games in hand. No. It's going to be? Birds in the bush. I like it. Third down. VJ is back. Yes. Why is nobody excited about it? Well, because people are people are so, <laughs> I get it, people are browbeat. You know, they, they are. Just over the last seven years and, you know... I mean, it wasn't all the things that happened to VJ during VJ's tenure as the head coach here were not all VJ's fault. Some of them certainly were. And, you know, the School of Hard Knocks teaches you a lot of things over the course of time. I think VJ's done a really good job in Arizona in a place, you know, frankly, Mike, that it's really hard to win. Um, he had. Of his four years, it was it four years there, two years of, of top 10 defenses or top 12 defenses? If you're going by points, which is all I, I think we all care about, in his three uh, four years in Arizona, first year they were 28th, then they were 12th and 11th, and then this past year when everything went wrong there, they dropped down to 31st. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I think he's done a pretty good job, all things considered, and... Um, yeah, I understand. I understand people look at it like he's not the head coach anymore, guys. He's not making those decisions. He's I not. W- yeah, I, I would hope I would I guess I would encourage Broncos country to give him the benefit of the doubt this way. He's not the head coach. Right. He's a coordinator again. And if we've learned anything over the years, just because you're a really good coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a really good coach. And just because you're a really bad head coach doesn't mean you can't go back to being a really good coordinator. There are untold examples of guys who couldn't cut it as a head coach. Wade Phillips, beloved Wade Phillips, 2015. Thanks, Wade. He he stunk as a coach. Mm -hmm. He He stunk, but he was a great coordinator. Josh McDaniels stunk as a coach. Terrific coordinator. 
I, I would. I guess I would ask you could Vance. Go through, you could go oh, through. Oh, so many. Uh, you could go through uh, Matt Patricia. You could go through Dennis Allen. You could, so many guys that haven't had success as head coaches, but have had incredible successes as either you know offensive or defensive coordinators. So I guess what I would ask a Broncos country. Hey, let's try to find a little middle ground here, common ground, and say, hey, let's not look at Vance Joseph through the lens of what he was as a head coach. And let's be open-minded to what he can do as a coordinator. Yes. Because they are vastly different. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, fourth down. Well, uh, Sean Payton, after getting all kinds of heat about what's taking so long, don't you have a plan, you're bumbling, you're, you're failing, you're... Just floundering when it comes to putting together a coaching staff. Uh, that quickly turned as uh, a bunch of hires made in the last couple of days. How would you overall, like one word, characterize this staff that he's put together? Experienced. Dude, he's put together an experienced staff. You know, Vance Joseph, experienced. Minuski, who they hired to be a middle linebacker coach. He's been a defensive coordinator for the Chargers, for the Niners, for the... Washington for Washington, they, there's experience there. T- did they hire Joe Lombardi? Yeah, yeah, Joe Lombardi, yeah. experience under Mike, or excuse me, under under Sean Payton, and then obviously under Brandon Staley in, with the Chargers. Uh, like experience, there's a bunch of experience on Mike Westoff. That dude is incredible, man. Experience, no nonsense. Hold players accountable. Good. Good. I like it. I like it. After the uh, gong show staff that was put together last year, which, by the way, did not come under nearly, nearly the uh, white hot intensity scrutiny mm-hmm. that the Chicken Little crowd has put on Sean Payton, which is amazing <laughs> to me. Where were you hard hitters right. last year when you were just lapping up? With joy and glee and giggles every time Nathaniel Hackett said, yay, football. Because they had inside information last year. Everything was leaked out. Everybody knew everything. Felt like you were in. Now you're not in. Now you're on the outside. We don't even know who the mystery candidate is. He's in, but we don't know who he is. It bothers you. Yeah, your panties in a wad. You're all chafy. I get it. I get it. They need some gold bond. Uh, that'll do it for Four Down Territory. Coming up next, a big deep dive on the Russell Wilson first year with the Broncos in the Athletic and some uh, really, really good nuggets coming out of it. We'll start sharing and breaking it down with you next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents and Evans. Do what they can. You've got brothers around. You're a family man. Never alone. <laughs> Never disconnected. <laughs> so this is uh West Side. Yeah, West Side. Is this a, you referenced this earlier? Yeah. Good job, Johnny. When you're a jet, you stay a jet. Well, All right. Aaron Rodgers could be a jet. He uh, emerged from his hut. We'll talk about that and what's trending coming up. Love it. The Athletic put together a piece on a deep dive into Russell Wilson's first year with the Broncos. Okay. 
written by, looks like, Kaylin Kaler, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks. And it was about, um, had 15 or so, a little bit more than a dozen Bronco players and coaches, some speaking on the record, some speaking on the condition of anonymity. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of dive into this a little right. bit. So the big thing that, that's come out was, hey, Russ was given too much. Russ was given his own staff. Russ was given his own office. And one of the things that came out that everyone loved about Sean Payton's introductory press conference was, yeah, that's not going to happen here. How much of a impact did it have? Just reading from the piece here. Wilson spoke with George Payton about the support staff he intended to employ apart from official team employees, including Jake Heaps, his personal quarterback coach, as well as a nutritionist and a physical therapist. Wilson explained why it was important to have a staff nearby, including inside Denver's facility. Payton discussed the arrangement with Hackett and signed off on it. One member of the coaching staff last year said, quote, no one else I have been around has ever been able to have those people in there, which, looking back on it, not a good idea. Several Bronco veteran players said they didn't mind Wilson having his own office, especially because the quarterback spent so much time. Kendall Hinton said, quote, he's got a whiteboard the size of the wall, and it's just littered with quotes and new play concepts. It was crazy to see his mind thrown out on the wall. Melvin Gordon said the TV in Wilson's office was always tuned to NFL Network. It was just strictly football. Anybody could go to his office, and he was like, hey, if you want to learn extra plays, you want to go over this, you want to go over that. Uh, the coaches, one of the coaches said the coaches didn't like it because the office, Wilson's office was up on the second floor, quote, the players were always on the first floor. They never really came up to the second floor. If you came up to the second floor as a player, it honestly wasn't a good thing because you were probably getting released. But one player said Wilson told teammates he had an open-door policy, to which another coach said, quote, so you are a coach or are you a player? Your open door should be you sitting at your locker. Agreed. One, all right, so one, I don't know that there was a big stream of players going up to Russell Wilson's office. The bottom, the bottom line is there's a separation, or there should be a separation in an organization, upstairs and downstairs. And you belong downstairs. You want to put stuff up in the quarterback room? There's a room. You study with the other quarterbacks. They shouldn't have to come up to you. And when you're studying, you know where you should be? Down there with them. And you should be putting that stuff together. You want to write quotes on your on the grease boards on the walls of your quarterback room so everybody can see it? Yes. The other thing is, you're putting up your own concepts? Here's some concepts I'd like to run that's not in this offense. Like, really? You want to talk about circumventing the coach's authority. Well, funny you should say that. Because when Russ came here, one of the things you first told us was, this guy is... Thorough. The moment that one game ends, he's, yeah, he's immediately looking forward, and he puts together these long scouting reports mm-hmm. that he would hand to Pete Carroll, and, and Pete Carroll would, would basically wad him up and throw him away. Right. Yeah. Well, here you go. He was doing the same thing here. And from the piece in the Athletic, quote: uh, One coach reviewed some of the scouting reports Wilson and Heaps handed out on Tuesdays. The reports were thorough, the coach said, but there were instances when he didn't agree with their evaluations. Another coach said Heaps' presence during the season created a, quote, conflict of influence. Who did Wilson listen to? Heaps? Hackett? Quarterback's coach Clint Kubiak? As one coach said, 
too many cooks. Yeah, 100%. You need to be able, like, what do they say about um, comparison is the enemy of contentment? And if you're comparing a bunch of things offensively through different eyes, you're going to create contentment. Or not contentment, you're going to create yeah, what's the opposite of content? Uh, you're going to create vitriol or you're going to create uh, chaos. And so when your coach is saying, hey, we want this read out this way, and Jake Heaps is saying, you should read this out this way, and another coach is saying, no, I like, like you're not on the same page and you got to be on the same page. And here's the other deal is if I didn't like something when I played, and this happened on a regular basis, I just go to Alex Gibbs and say, that's garbage. I ain't doing it. I'm the one that's got to go out there and do it, right? But it was, I didn't go through a third party to say, boy, I really don't like what Alex is doing. Oh, I don't know. I, I go straight to the source and say, I, this this is why I don't like it. This is why this doesn't work. This is why. I, I, I tell this story all the time. And Alex and I, up until the day he he died a year ago, we used to joke about this all the time. There was a play that we put in. There was a play that we put in that was called um, 14-15 Bend. And the way they wanted to call it was 14 Bend, they wanted you to run 15 and bend it back to the, to the, so they wanted you to run to the left on 14 Bend, which would, 14 would be to the right. 14 Bend was run to the left and then bend it back to the right. So we're going back to the opposite hole. And I go, well, then then you should call it 15. Then you should call it the opposite of that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And so I have this long argument with Kubiak and with, with Alex, mostly with Alex Gibbs. But I go, you guys, like, you don't, you guys aren't thinking like players. You're thinking like coaches. That makes no sense. And so we, like, like it's a heated argument. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I, I won't call. And I, okay, okay. And I so, I said this. We walked out of practice. I go, you're going to have five busts or three busts on this. I guarantee you, in practice today, you will bust this play. Somebody's going to bust it. Like, they, they, somebody will bust it and will bust it three times. I guarantee you. What happened? Went out to practice, busted it three times. Because they they named it back. And they, they finally acquiesced the next day. It was in the way I told them to put it in. And But that's because we're direct. We don't have a third party telling us. That they creates vitriol. It's just ridiculous. Much more from this uh, piece in the Athletic. What's trending coming up, and a reason why we probably should all show a little grace to Russell Wilson, maybe a little bit sympathetic to what he went through this first year. You'll hear why next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with what's trending right now. Well, just like uh, Puxatani Phil, Aaron Rodgers emerged from his uh, retreat yesterday. Yes. And uh, we do not yet have an announcement on uh, where his next football destination is. But he uh, spent the last few days uh, in darkness at Sky Cave Retreats in Oregon. Sky Cave. Sky Cave Retreats in Oregon. Book it, folks, if you'd like to uh, do your own little getaway. Where he stayed in a 300-square-foot room that had zero natural lighting. Roger's room was partially underground, included a queen-size bed, bathroom, and a meditation mat. And he had said earlier that I've had a number of friends who have done it and had some profound experiences, 
And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now, and I felt like it'd be awesome to do. Mark, could you? How much time could you spend alone in the dark? I think Wait, just your thoughts. That's it. Well, I, I'm, you know me; I'm constantly talking to myself yes. all the time, everywhere I go. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't I know. Think you could do better than most. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. How zenny I could be, you know. I'll go back and he, Aaron Rodgers, actually quoted. I think it was Walt Woodman that said, "Be curious, not judgmental." And I'm not judging. I mean, I'm the guy who mows my lawn three days a week, right? So, I mean, I got my own issues. Um, I don't know that I could go into the dark for three straight days. I did play with a teammate once, who I believe, if there are such things as vampires, he might have been a vampire. Really? Yeah. I believe that. How so? In the off season, this guy said that he would oftentimes go to bed and not get up for seventy-two hours. What? He he wouldn't even. He wouldn't even like relieve himself. He would just go to bed for three straight days and never get out of bed and sleep that entire time and sleep through for three straight days, which I thought. I go, does your room have a coffin in it? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's... This guy was also a... a I have garlic when I'm around you? Right. This guy was also an incredible speed reader. Ooh. Interesting. I even tested him on it once. Yeah. And he passed. Dude, the dude would read a page. A, like, it like, took him two seconds to page. Boom, boom, boom. He said it was like watching a movie. I think I could I do pretty... He's doing. I am a legendary sleeper. Like, I can sleep anytime... Anywhere. Yeah. No problem. So I just sleep the time away. But you got to spend some time. You got a meditation mat. You can't let that go to waste. Sleep on that. I'm telling you, sleep anywhere. Ah, Aaron Rodgers. Jets? I don't know. They seem to be hot after Derek Carr, too. Good luck with that. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Remember Jim Harbaugh? Yes. Remember when we had. Insiders around here saying Jim Harbaugh, book it. He's the the, first choice. He's the guy. It's a done deal. Stanford connection. It's a done deal. They're just just waiting to announce it. Done deal. Anyway, Jim Harbaugh still without that contract extension at Michigan, but took to helping police officers during a ice storm in the Michigan area, Ann Arbor area, Uh uh, to remove a tree that had, had fallen down. Really? Jim Harbaugh got out, helped the police move the tree. And, uh... What's your name? Cooper. Cooper, nice to meet you. Yeah. You as well. Thank you, sir. You're a good man. Oh, hey, feel free to spread the word on that. Feel free to spread the word on that. Johnny, I think you can use that. That's a That goes into the vault right there. Yeah, that is a good... I think you can use that. That's Jim. That's Jim right there. Hell and move trees. And then please feel free to tell people about it. Oh, hey, feel free to spread the word on that. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy we have Sean Payton. He was he was my number one choice, but one A was Jim Harbaugh, and that's kind of part of the reason why I would have loved to have had Harbaugh here. That would have been, uh, I think, it'd been an interesting follow. Oh, there's no hey, listen. There is no question he'd been interesting. No question. Ah, let's see. Here we go. So, CU Hoops 
uh, hosted USC last night. Okay. Did not go well for the Buffs. What are you talking about? They got, talking about? they got blown out. All right. Got blown out by the Trojans. But Dion was at the game. Okay. Uh, Dion Sanders was at the game, and uh, CU promoted the fact that uh, Dion was there, to which USC's basketball's Twitter responded, Hope he enjoyed the show. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, you got to love it. Hey, folks, listen. With all the hype that Dion has generated, CU's become a red letter, uh, a circle in red game for oh, a lot yeah. of these teams. There's no question. Suddenly the buffs are on everybody's radar, and instead of just being the opponent, like, all right, let's just go get our 21-point win and move on to the next team, they're going to be ready for the buffs. They got a bullseye. They got a bullseye on their back. Yes, he has created that, which is a Wait. great, which is a great place to be. Yep. as long as you can answer the bell. Exactly, it's a great place. I mean, I'm glad. I want to. I want that. I want that bullseye on us as a program because it makes people talk about you. Uh, real quick, I want to pass this along before we get to the Russell story. Peyton Hillis is doing well. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to I pass this that. along. Uh, you remember the story, Peyton Hillis. Uh, Trying to and 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 helping save uh, his two kids from from drowning, right. uh, put himself in in real peril and to the point where uh, he was in intensive care and and really was battling for for quite a long time. But now he's he's making statements, says he's recovering well and expects to eventually be quote hundred percent good for patient. Should make a full recovery. Good. Pretty amazing stuff. Jumped into the water to save his children who had been caught in riptides. And you've, you've talked about riptides, no. and they're no joke. Frightening. Um, but he required immediate attention from first responders on the sand and then needed to be put on a ventilator uh-huh. at a nearby hospital. And his family said he was dealing with significant kidney and lung damage, but he has made a slow, steady recovery. Strong guy. And it looks like it's going to be a happy ending. So that is really, really good news. Uh, so... You can pop down the music here, so because we're going to kick it off here, but we're uh, talking about this athletic piece, deep dive into Russell Wilson's first year with the Broncos. And a lot of it is presented in a way that's not exactly friendly to Russ, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to share this with you because maybe this gives a little bit of perspective on the kind of year that Russell Wilson had, and maybe after you hear it, Maybe you'll get. Maybe you'll cut him a little bit of slack, okay? Right. Ryan Leaf, and I'm going to just set it up, and then we'll get to the audio. But Ryan Leaf, we all know Ryan Leaf's story. Uh, highly touted quarterback. Amazingly enough, you had NFL GMs at the time that were legitimately split down the middle whether or not to take Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning right. in the draft that year. Ryan Leaf never uh, had a good career, got in a lot of trouble, ended up going to jail, but has really turned his life around, and he credits a lot of his turnaround to one guy, a guy that he and Russ uh, both had in common, a, a really tight relationship with. Tell you the story and why it may have had some impact on what happened with Russell Wilson this past year. That's coming up next. Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. Okay, so we are doing the deep dive into this piece by The Athletic that does a uh, deep look into Russell Wilson's first year with the Broncos and what went wrong. But before we get back into that, 
we get it. It's it's been, it's been open season on Russ, and a lot of it has been brought upon by himself, uh, and and a lot of the grief he gets, he deserves. Okay, fair right. enough. But I think that hopefully there's uh, room in your hearts for a little bit of grace when you uh, hear this story. Ryan Leaf, who of course you know from his his time in the NFL and. Uh, never never amounted to what uh, his promise and potential was, got in a lot of trouble off the field, spent time in jail, mm-hmm. and has really uh, tried to clean up his life since then. Well, he was telling this story about uh, a, a, a person that made a huge impact on his life and also Russ's life. Here you go. I'm going to tell you a little story about Russell Wilson, okay? So Russell, of course, transferred to Wisconsin his final year, got the opportunity to play, went to a Rose Bowl, was very successful. Went down to IMG uh, to prepare for the draft. He met a young man there named Trevor Moed. Now, Trevor works in the brain and cognitive field and mental health. He's worked alongside Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide and Kirby Smart. He developed this way of thinking called neutral thinking. And in that mindset, you allow no negative thoughts in your mind. I mean, you don't even ponder them. It's not even in existence, okay? And Russell bought into it early on, okay? And they built something together that was pretty great. Now, Trevor worked with me when I got out of prison. And I can't tell you the difference it made in terms of the way I view the world, right? It has made my life increasingly better and changed my outlook and perspective about everything, and how I go about my business. Unfortunately, Trevor, uh, our good friend, died right at the end uh, of Russell's stay in Seattle of a brain tumor. He didn't tell any of us. He thought he was being a burden. So this man had been increasingly important to Russell Wilson during this process, teaching him they were partners. And I don't think enough people talked about it last year. This was the first season in which he didn't have Trevor. And I tell people all the time, when you walk into a facility and you're exercising your body, okay, you get a trainer to do that. You need a trainer to exercise the biggest muscle in your body, and that's your brain. And he didn't have it last year. There's a reason why when he steps up to the microphone at the end and says, Broncos country, let's ride. He says it every single time. That's the neutral aspect of things. He never got low. Ryan Leaf. Yeah, I mean... Listen, I, that's tough when you lose people that are important to you in your life. Um, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on this neutral thinking. Um, I also think it's important at times to be honest with yourself. And when you suck, to say, man, I suck and I need to get better. And acknowledge the negative. Yeah, and acknowledge that. Now, I don't know exactly how that works with Ryan or how that works with Russell. And uh, I could get Ryan on. We could talk about it. I mean, um, and I just think it's I, I think it's an interesting it, it's an interesting aspect to it. Um, like one one thing about being a professional athlete, you know, we tend to look at professional athletes like uh, obviously they make a lot of money, and you know, and, and most of them are living out childhood dreams and and so we tend to forget that they are human at the same time and there are those things that do affect you and do affect players um and so you know i found there to be maybe a juxtaposition of of russell's 
you know, extreme positivity, uh, almost unrealistic positivity, and him being able to answer a question. That gives you some explanation as to why he sounds like he sounds like. Right. Right. Nothing negative. You don't even entertain the thought. And that we right. heard that on display pretty much every right. week with Russ, and, right? And, yeah, and I, I told you sitting down with yep. him, I asked him, like, what, because he had mentioned I have to play better. I go, what is it that you have to do? Give me tangible things that I can take to the broadcast that you have to do better. And that's when he went right to, well, we have to score more touchdowns. That's not what I asked you, Russ. I did not ask you the we, the French waiter. I asked you what you have to, and like literally could not answer the question. Couldn't put his mind around it. Right. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that, I think being generally positive is a, is a great thing. I think having a positive mental attitude and seeing, you know, seeing the, the, the truth in that and, and, and the, having that as part of your makeup and background is important. But do, do you know the, the Bible references trouble 110 times? In this life, you will have trouble. Like, it, it, it references trouble and trial and tribulation and trouble. I think 110 references to it. It's actually, it's a biblical promise. You're going to have issues. There is going to be problems. There are going to be things that you're going to have to overcome. But when you have That's a guy, okay, though. but when you have a guy like this, and if, if Leaf is anywhere close to accurately describing the relationship between Russ and this, this gentleman named Trevor Moad, then to not have him this past year, while he's trying to remain relentlessly optimistic, but mm-hmm. yet everything is going bad. You, you could see how that's a resource that was really, really missed sure. and could have had a, a huge impact on Russ dealing with what he was going through last year and not coming across maybe sounding so tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just something to, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Something to consider. When you uh, break down what happened with Russell Wilson in his first year, we reference what's going on with this uh, athletic report. A lot, lot of interesting things. And basically the gist of it is that these reporters uh, had a chance to talk to over a dozen Bronco coaches and players from last year's team on and off the record. And a lot of this stuff we we learned, but we already knew. But, but some of it's kind of interesting. So Hackett. Hackett comes over from Green Bay. And in the piece, it says, early in the partnership, multiple Packers players said Matt LaFleur would sometimes present a new concept or play in an offensive meeting only to have Aaron Rodgers shoot it down. As the season went on, that dynamic flipped. LaFleur and Rodgers developed a close bond and a close bond with Hackett. But one coach in Denver said those turbulent early days in Green Bay may have influenced Hackett's approach with Wilson. According to this coach, Hackett said, quote, I don't want to do that again. I want this transition to be as easy and fluid and as quick as possible. And so as a result, Mm. Hackett gave Wilson more input, more say in the offense. Hackett signed off on plays presented to him by Wilson. Uh... As one offensive coach said, the Broncos' no-huddle package was the one Wilson brought from Seattle, including the quick-tempo code words that the quarterback used in the two-minute offense. Some felt that Hackett accommodated Wilson to a fault 
which hurt the continuity of the offense. Again, this quote, coach on the condition of anonymity saying, quote, Wilson had too much influence, and it was mainly based on what Hackett allowed him to influence. First off, in any organization, there needs to be kind of a system of checks and balances, and there needs to be respectful disagreement. And to sit there and say, man, I don't want to have to go through the growing pains of you know, having confrontation early, I'm just going to acquiesce, is a horrible way to run your organization. Who's in charge? And, you know, this goes back, honestly, to the mistakes that George Payton made and Hackett made and the effect that the, the, the truth of the matter is because they acquiesced so much to Russ because they were so desperate for a quarterback that they essentially emasculated themselves. They took their authority away. And because they weren't ready to put their foot down and say, this is what we're going to do, um, it, it just, again, it, you want to talk about, you know, DMAC's lack of a plan. To me, it's it's a lack of, It's a lack of understanding what and who you are and what you're going to be. And that's that to me is the big change that is going on right now in regards to this organization. Funny you say that because something that you referenced constantly throughout the course of the season comes up in this piece. Uh, It says with an NFL high 23 players on injured reserve. The Broncos scored the fewest points in the NFL and lacked an offensive identity. Uh-huh. As one offensive player put it, quote, every week felt like, okay, who are we going to be this week? Man, you, you, I'll give you credit. You, you were on that right away. Right away. Yeah. And the good news is, right? You, you're confident enough in saying that with, with Sean Payton, everyone's going to know what. That identity is. Sure. There'll be no confusion. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, man, it is It is so, that to me is is so important. Um, and it's one of the things that I think gets lost. And this is why I'm so excited about Sean Payton being our head coach and about the, the veteran staff that he's putting together. You get so lost in trying to be perfect. I had a conversation with Kevin O'Connell this season. Minnesota coach? Minnesota coach. Great young coach. Super smart. I mean, blows me away with like, his intelligence and his understanding of the game is just whew, next level, right? I mean, he blows me away with all his stuff. He was talking about wanting not to be perfect. Wasn't That's not the words he used, but... Uh, Eliminating bad plays. And in offensive parlance, they talk about premium looks. Hey, man, we get this defense against this call. This is a premium look. He was talking about premium run looks. Are we running to the bubble? Are we running away from a down safety? Are we running to a down safety? Like, what's our premium look based on matchups, based on what we like and what we do well, right? And... He said, hey, man, last year there were a lot of negative plays in this offense before I got here. 
So we're going to do such a good job with premium looks and, you know, and changing the way we run the ball based on premium looks and all this. We're going to eliminate those. You know who gave up the most negative plays in football this year? The Minnesota Vikings. Why? Because sometimes you have to have an identity and say you got to let your clacker swing and you say, I'm coming off the ball, I'm going to shorten somebody's freaking neck, and there's nothing you can do about it. Instead of going, wait, let's change it from this side to that side, or let's change it from this play to that play in the middle of the because why? We want to get a premium look. I don't buy into that garbage, and it is garbage. Second time this week that we've talked about clackers. Yeah. Which, honestly... I've got no problem with that. Uh, more from this piece in The Athletic. And, and one thing that is crystal clear that comes through this, whether or not you think that Wilson was given too much power or that the, the coaching staff was overwhelmed, one thing is clear. It was just a dysfunctional uh, mess, uh, as it says in the piece here. Some believed Hackett and his staff struggled to sift through ideas to put together a clear, workable plan. Others believed Wilson shouldered responsibility. Just about everyone who spoke to The Athletic Painted an atmosphere of confusion and uncertainty. Gordon, who was waived by the Broncos, said Denver's offensive mixture, uh, excuse me, Denver's offense was, quote, a mixture of what Wilson ran in Seattle and what Hackett ran in Green Bay. Gordon, it was just, pause, it was a bit much. One coach said Wilson added cadences in games that the offensive line hadn't practiced much during the week, leading to communication issues. The Broncos had the second most false starts in the NFL, and the coach said leaders on the line eventually pushed back on the changes. I have talked to you so many times about the importance of cadence. Cadence being a weapon. Cadence has to be so rhythmic. You cannot change the rhythm of the cadence. And if you don't know that as a quarterback, then you're a moron. If you don't understand the importance, like, again, how everything ties together. I told you, man, I had a dude cut my rookie year because his cadence was bad. Fourth round pick at quarterback. Just cut him. Yeah, we don't like your voice. Get out. (laughs) I mean, it's awesome. I mean, not for him. It wasn't awesome for him. He's a good dude. But it's awesome. Because it's important, man. The little things like that, little things like that matter. You'll love, you'll love this as an offensive lineman. Yeah. So apparently, when when Russ, there's one quote: when Russell would be like, "Hey, we're going to do this," the offensive line would be like, "Hell no!" The coach said. <laughs> Dalton Reisner on record saying, "Quote: There were confusing times during the season where you may wonder why a decision was made and where that decision came from." Jeez, what? I tell uh, you, it, it reminds me, what, is it Phil Collins who had the song Land of Confusion? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a Phil Collins song. So, yeah, blame Russell Wilson for his part of it. But, man, this coaching staff, way, why, way Mike, over why their head. it's important to have veteran guys who basically say, uh, hey, nice idea, no. But, Mark, last year's staff was put together with a plan. Right. And it was put together quickly. Quickly. Right. Right? Yes, quickly. And they had a plan. And they had a plan. Jeez.
When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 